Hi, Bridgetown Church, and those of you joining us online, my name is Bethany Allen, and this is the Bridgetown Daily for Thursday, January 7th. Over the last few weeks, I've been thinking and reflecting a lot about how I respond to the world around me. Now, when I say respond, I don't simply mean the kind of responding you prepare for before you enter a room of strangers or how you emotionally run the gamut on what you're going to say to that specific person if they bring up that specific issue. What I'm talking about is that gut-level, often messy response to both the good and the bad in the world. If 2020 brought nothing else, it's revealed to many of us what really lies beneath the surface. And if I'm honest, it's not all good. As we face this new year with the hope of a vaccine and a more open future, it would be easy for most of us to move past what was revealed in us during this difficult season to simply say good riddance to all that 2020 brought and just move on. But I fear that underneath that kind of thinking lies an even greater temptation that has the power to destroy not only the ethos of our hearts, but our ability to navigate the world in the way that our Rabbi Jesus called us to altogether. Every day in my time with Jesus, I read this book called Springs in the Valley, Now, you may not recognize that or be familiar with it, but you may be familiar with its sister book, Streams in the Desert. Both are written by a missionary's wife who goes by the name of Mrs. Chaz Kalman. Now, a few weeks back, Mrs. Kalman wrote about what she called spiritual or divine tenderness. That's not a word I use very often, but when I read it, it struck me deeply. Tenderness, as I think of it, is often something I equate to meekness or fragility or sensitivity. It's not your ideal character descriptions in today's day and age. But in her writing, Mrs. Kalman wrote that the very essence of the gospel is divinely imparted tenderness and sweetness of spirit. And that blew me away. She goes on to say that tenderness in the life of a disciple is a supernatural work throughout the whole spiritual being that it is an exquisitely interior fountain of God's own sweetness and tenderness opened up in the inner spirit to such a degree that it completely inundates the soul, overflowing all the mental faculties and saturating with its sweet waters the manners, expressions, words, and tones of voice, mellowing the will, softening the judgment, melting the affections, refining the manners, and molding the whole being after the image of him who was infinitely meek and lowly of heart. Now, when I read those words, I stopped and I read them again. My mind was looping on this powerful refrain, that divine tenderness completely inundates the soul, overflowing mental faculties and saturating with its sweet waters the expressions, words, tone of voice, mellowing the will, softening the judgment, melting affections, refining the manners, and molding the whole being after the image of him who is infinitely meek and lowly of heart. Now, please forgive my redundancy. I just thought that you might need to hear it again too. Those words, they drew me out of myself and into God's presence, where I became painfully aware of the ways that I had become even subconsciously hardened towards the world around me, to the ways in which the wounds of this past year had made me numb and shut down the places in me that had once been hopeful and open. 
to the times that I had been more on the defense with people as of late rather than the offense, the times that I had let fear be my go-to response rather than faith, where I was willing to trust in what I could see and do rather than the invisible realities of leadership around me. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, we read that as disciples of Jesus, we are to be like Mrs. Kalman says, tender-hearted. And as we read in her words, this is not some weak facet of the faith, but instead it is a robust principle of formation that can change the way we live. Tender-hearted here in the Greek is likened to those who have, as weird as it may sound, intestinal fortitude to be tender to one another. The tender-hearted are people whose lives are marked by an ability to both move and press into compassion, regardless of their own circumstances, even in a moment's notice. To be free of the cynicism of the heart and mind so that we can, like Jesus, be soft in our judgment, kind in our manners, mellow in our will, so that the will of God can be done through us. It's been said that deep tenderness of spirit is the very soul and marrow of the Christ life. That what gravity is to planet, what beauty is to the rainbow, what perfume is to the rose, what pulse is to the heart, what harmony is to music, what heat is to the human body, all this and much more is tenderness of spirit to religion. Coming out of COVID-19, I continued to ask myself if we, as the church, will be any different than we were before. If what we have seen will shape us and inform how we move ahead in the kingdom. And so I wonder, if instead of hardness or cynicism, if we as God's people could be marked by tenderness and love. If we can, even now, commit to being open to God replacing what has become guarded or tough within us with his tenderness of spirit. That we would not fear the vulnerability of tenderness, but instead allow that vulnerability to actually empower us towards greater love and good deeds. To end, I'd like us just to take a minute or two and simply reflect on a few questions. First, Where in your life are you feeling the realities of hardness or self-protection? Maybe it's in a relationship or in your job or even with God. Whatever it is, just take a moment to reflect. Next, where are you feeling cynical or closed off? Is there any specific area that you can identify? Finally, where do you need tenderness of heart? Where do you need to feel compassion towards another or even towards yourself? As we close, take a minute and invite the Holy Spirit to come and help you. Confess your fear and your desire for control and open yourself up to the work of His Spirit.
as we head into this coming year. My prayer for us is that we wouldn't allow the heartache and loss of last year to steal or harden our hearts today. But instead, we would allow it to catalyze a new measure of the divine tenderness within us.